0: Welcome to the View Extraordinaire. I sit to dwell I drink some hand. Let's begin.
1: Take it all before you take a sip in lie. Take it all, baby, ta, ta. Give me more than
2: cigarettes and wine. Give me more than candy dreams, so make me waste no time. Give me everything, baby So can we skip to the good part?
0: to another episode of the breakdown we are back for another year okay this is the second episode but yeah we are back and today we will talk to a small town girl chasing a dream all the way from queenstown she recently released her debut project this year called goku and i had the pleasure of actually meeting her it's the first artist i've ever met by the way because most of the time it's been there on the internet. So I've had the pleasure of meeting her and now you get to meet her as well. Viewer, how are you doing?
1: I'm good.
2: Thank you so much for having me on your platform. Yeah. Um it's all it's always so nice to just talk to people who are in the community, the RB community. But yeah, I'm good. You know, I'm 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 tired. It's yeah. been a long day, yeah. but I'm good. I'm in a good place. How are you?
0: um i'm great i'm great it's just a bit cold out here but yeah i'm great so you're from a small town queenstown and um there are not a lot of r&b stars or generally entertainment people over there you know um maybe in the small cities and the smaller metros i would think of Silk, slade and just and cindy messina but that's about it you know um you once said that Queenstown is not a great environment for creativity. You know, uh, what are the issues in detail and what are the possible solutions for it?
2: Um, I think there are a lot of creative people in the Eastern Cape in general, right? I think um, you'll find them everywhere, but I think we all kind of migrated to Johannesburg for better opportunities um, because the entertainment space there is pretty rigid. I wouldn't say you can't make it, but I think you probably have to make it like in a specific industry, almost maybe house or or uh mapiano piano now or bomb oh, yeah. on some level, you know. And there are some, you know, vocalists who lend their voices to those genres and enjoy those genres. But I think for an R and B girl who who loves, you know, the romance and the the crooning and that kind of thing, it's a little bit difficult. I mean, if you're not as a Zahara. Or, wow. a Buitan, uh, or a simpioitana or a Tandisoma who are in their own rights huge cross artists, right? Yeah. Um if you're not there, if that's not your lane. Like if you're trying to sing R and B like it's very difficult. And I knew that. You yeah. know, I knew it because when I was in Queenstown, it was a high school experience and whenever I would perform in, in high school plays or high school uh variety concerts which we used to have back in the day, um, I'd probably be one out of 20 girls singing a song that's r&b based or soul based so it's kind of obvious from the point that you know it's not necessarily a conducive area what i think needs to change i think we need to start looking at our smaller towns at the spaces that we come from differently as artists as business people i think we're so inundated with the idea that you can't make it there and and i'm a victim of that too but I think it's important that we you know create new institutions create new life create um with the the knowledge that we have from Johannesburg the knowledge that we have with the industry here I think it's very important that we start those movements um ourselves and I think everyone's just afraid and I guess the solution would be me going you know once I I get where I need to get being like okay how, how many people do I know that are talented and how many young girls young boys are wanting to be in this space can I influence can I try and put some sort of platform on Um, but I also believe like I can't give what I don't have so it's it's really about getting there first and then I will definitely definitely do my best to bring out that in the eastern Cape as well
0: yeah and as a child you were in the choir you once spoken about how you classically trained was this a school choir church choir what kind of choir was it
2: it was a school choir. It was, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a school choir, chamber choir, actually.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and yeah, I was I was a pivotal part of that choir. We mm. actually recorded an album. Serious. <laughs> Serious, but beautiful. Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: So you're not, not a stranger to this, you know?
2: No, a... no, I mean, I, yeah. But I mean, chamber music is so different. Like, it's about, you don't, like, imagine... The churches, like the Catholic churches, the boys singing, you know, when the, the boys yeah. singing in soprano and it's clean and there's no, there's no like nothing complicated. It's just really clean. And it taught me how to breathe. It taught me how to like pronounce words. It taught me discipline. Mm. Um, what I need to drink before I sing, what will make my, my voice better on stage. Yeah. It helped me with nerves. Like once I get on stage, the nerves go away because of that training. So yes, I'm a I'm choir girl from primary all the way to high
0: school. Yeah, classically trained, uh, what, what were you taught also in school?
2: Yeah, so I did music as an extra subject, you know, oh, in high school. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was selected as one of the singers. There was two of us yeah. and some people did piano, some people did, you know, violin, but we did vocal. And, um, yeah, I used to have a class every week where I'd go and do my scales and sing Bach and sing Mozart and enter uh, competitions, I like Steadford's. Um And, yeah, I mean, th- that was really my life in high school. One of my extramurals was, you know, going and, and going to class. Like, while people are going to English or math, yeah. I just go to the back and, and go meet my music teacher who... I really think, like, was one of the most pivotal people in just allowing me to nurture this the voice, you know? Yeah. And a big inspiration for me till this day.
0: Yeah, and you've spoken about how you entered Ad One competitions. At what age was that? And do um, you still remember the name and how it went?
2: The competitions.
0: Yeah. The singing competitions. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. So, we had an uh, inter-schools competition. It was called the I State Fred, right? Yeah. And every single year, from grade 8 all the way to grade 12, you could enter. And there were different categories, whether it be poetry or art or an act or yeah. whatever it is that you felt like you were good at, you could, you could compete with all the schools in the Eastern Cape. And I did that from grade 8. You know, oh, I started with... Yeah, and I started with silver all the way, went up to gold, and our choir got platinum um, almost every year.
1: Oh, wow. So
2: yeah, so, so so it was really, it was really like a great experience just to hear what was happening in other schools, how other people were singing, but also just the the competitive the competitiveness rather
1: yeah.
2: um of music, which I liked. I was like, oh, okay, cool, let's let's do and let's see like who you know will <laughs> crumble under the pressure and i suppose like that's something i've carried with me till now
0: throughout yeah you've once said that your cousins are actually the people that introduced you and made you love r&b are you still close to them
2: sadly not that much um so i when i was growing up i grew up without my mom and my dad my mom was working my dad i kind of only met later on in life yeah and I was with my aunt at home in Queenstown and we had a number of cousins who would come and just babysit you know and just make sure that we're fine and because it was quite a lot of us a lot of us cousins young cousins who were there and the younger cousins um and even one of them actually passed on who lived with us.
1: Um, Sorry.
2: but but a lot of them would come and they would just be sitting there like crying over boys and we'd all be like, You guys are so weird, why are you crying over boys? Like, you know?
1: Yeah, you didn't understand.
2: And
1: the songs they were playing
2: was so sad. Like I just remember what's that song uh by Brandy Have You Ever? You know, yeah. I remember Have You Ever being one of the first songs I've ever learned. Um or who's this i used to look uh, what's the song it was a group all for one all for one um yeah So of old school old school R&B. r&b yeah and and because i think i linked the emotion to the song i appreciated it more i was like oh i like this genre yeah you know it wasn't like any other genre you know with rap you it was kind of always aggressive and i loved rap in its own way but mm. RB spoke to my softer self it took it lied to me you know <laughs> it told me that there's a guy who's gonna love me forever more and i was like yes you know yeah. um and all of these artists i met and i heard through you know them crying them lamenting them being picked up you know outside and oh you're hearing this jodeci you know and it's yeah. like yo the guy Who's coming to bed? Who's listening to Jody C? And and I love that community. I just love living in that bubble, you know. So yes, kudos to some of my cousins. Who you know, I'm still, I'm still. I do talk to them. I do, I do say hi here and there. But they're doing their own thing. But the biggest one, the biggest influence, passed on. And I'll always like give her that. Like she really did introduce me to the singers, you know, the the people who wrote from their hearts, you know, the wreathers. Yeah. and and I loved it.
0: Yeah, and I noticed that you you hardly talked about, you know, siblings or fatherly figures in your life. Right? It's mostly about your cousins and your mother. Were those the people that you mainly grew up with?
2: Yeah, oh, so yeah. I grew up, yeah, I grew up pretty much with my cousins and um, shout out to my cousins, the ones my age. <laughs> yeah. they, they were really important um, just from a lonely level. From my mom's side, I was the only child. Oh. And so, the house was filled with, like, cousins and nephews and nieces and aunts, which was good, you know. But from my father's side, I met my father. And I've never really even said this to on a public platform, but I met my father when I was 16. And um, I established a relationship with him from there. And then I met my siblings, you know. And I met... I've got 12 siblings from my dad's side.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> you
2: know. <laughs> And we're all sort of different nationalities, different languages, different ethnicities. Um, you know, and it's been amazing also just learning from them. I've got a lot of big sisters as well, and yeah. from 16 onwards, they kind of showed me the ropes as well, yeah. musically as well, you know. So, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Mm-hmm
0: you've said that your mom initially she was not biggest supporter when it came to music you know um why do you think the older generation is like that because i think Everyone can relate to it, you know. And do you think we'll be better? Do you honestly think that, you know, us, you know, your, your, maybe your circle of people, do you think we'll be better in helping our kids, you know, uh, embrace their creative sides?
2: Yes, I think we're going to be better, but I think we're going to have to show them. Okay. You know, I don't think it's going to be a thing of like, oh, no, you can do music, but there's no one in the family who's actually done it successfully. I think that was the biggest, that was the biggest thing for my mom also was like, all of the examples I have of musicians, they're all like druggies, or they've been cheated out of their monies, or they're dating, you know, too many guys, or there's this whole stereotype. And I mean, my mom grew up on Brenda, my mom grew up on, um, you know, all these really older South African artists who now, when you think about, you know, like Brenda's discography is huge but she's no longer here and that's one of the fears she had and that's the and you know because the creative arts do have that bad you know omen on them um but I think we can change it I think we are going to change it but I think it takes guts and it takes bravery and we have to actually do the thing I think kids learn by imitation they learn by what you show them yeah. And I want my kids to also have that option, not just as a dream. You know, a lot of the times we always think just because you're creative, it's a dream. It's not
1: yeah.
2: your life or your work yeah. or something sustainable and strong and has foundation. And I think it's up to us to show them that. And I think we are. I think we are. I think even just you, like in the fact that you have started a platform that I don't think ever existed, ever you know um, I mean you have your, your, a few of them but where people yeah. where you actually look into R&B in the way that you do yeah, that's content that is not being you know it's not as okay. you know what I mean so your kids are going to look at you and say my dad did it you know my, my dad has a whole entertainment you know leg where he spoke about something he loved and it's not just something you still were dreaming about and sitting on the couch thinking about you know so yeah. Yeah, I think we're gonna change it, but I think we're gonna change it because we're doing it, and it's hard, and we're doing the hard part.
0: Yeah, and I'm so glad that you eventually managed to get your mom on side, you know, because she was also an entrepreneur, you know. And so you moved to Jersey in 2011 after matric. You were coming here to come to varsity, and then you did your honours later on. So what course did you do again?
1: I did media
2: studies.
0: Oh, media media
2: studies. Yeah, I'm actually doing my master's now, for oh, yeah? in communications, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then also, what changed, you know, uh, I think you've spoken about how part of your mindset changed when you came here to Joburg, you know?
2: So, like, the vendetta coming to Joburg, like, I had to trick my mom and my dad to say, like, yo, I'm coming to study media, like, I'm gonna be <laughs> in the media industry, and I'm gonna have a job, and I'm gonna, you know, be that um that daughter that they wanted uh, but I also knew like I had to strategically put myself in a place where I could make it as a musician as well yeah so yeah so nothing really changed it was just how do I play you know how do I play my options and Vitz was in Joburg I loved the idea of being at Vitz, and on top of that I knew that i would meet artists and i would meet people just from a university perspective so i spent a lot of my time in the theater um i spent a lot of my time you know i i spent a lot of my time in in musical like spaces even though i was doing this media thing on the side so i wouldn't say anything changed you know i think instead Mm -hmm. i sought out and looked for spaces that were conducive for this Mm -hmm. light that was still in the back of my head like I really want to just make it as a musician like how do I do that how do I figure that out
0: yeah and Mm -hmm. you're a journalist editor copywriter what type of publication content do you mostly deal with
2: so I started off in corporate social investment which is like CSI CSR
0: um
2: and I used to sort of write um companies in terms of like their sustainability uh their sdg goals like vision 2030 and i kind of like that you know because i am interested in development in general i don't care how it looks i love seeing communities develop uh, and i love you know holding power into account so i really enjoyed that but i've also moved now into brands and branding and um so i worked a little bit for a brand agency i was doing copywriting and that was more like selling stuff so the specific company was selling the country actually (laughs) funny (laughs) enough um so it's africa's brand in general and now i'm i'm getting a little bit more into retail so i'm really just trying to figure out where and how and how i can you know the sad part about being an independent artist is that you kind of have to find another way to make money while you're going
0: that's the thing you
2: know and i yeah you've got to and in the country that we live in as well you know um so i'm always trying to juggle those two things yeah um from a freelance perspective or an employment perspective doesn't matter i just know that um for me to exist here i need to make a living and for me to grow as a woman i need to make a living it's unfortunate that like it takes so much from
0: Uh, you as an artist yeah Mm. yeah and tell me about your time when you were doing covers and then eventually becoming a backup singer for the likes of RJ Benjamin in 2016, 2017, which, by the way, like gave me like a real throwback moment, you know, because I, I knew I knew the name from somewhere. And then I researched it and heard the song. I was like, wow, because at that time you were still you were not that big, you know, but you managed no, no, no. to become the backup singer so how did that whole thing happen
2: so in varsity just to like uplift myself i used to like do these covers with a friend of mine who was very close to me at the time and he he was just like let's just do it because youtube was kind of growing at the time and we didn't really know what that space was about even though like we were in the media's department media department but um i decided to do like covers and, and and as i went a few people like sort of reached out but then i met through my sister who was sending this video out um few videos yeah. so now they're deleted because wow, well. they're very very embarrassing mm-hmm. but um i sent them out sent my sister sent it out to this guy his name is fortune Messina. Yeah. and fortune happens to be naked dj's brother i don't know if you know oh um, yeah yeah fortune at any level yes and he was a rapper during his time he used to work with more Clint Brink, more MXO, more RJ Benjamin. And they had an album that they were, you know, releasing. Yeah. And in that link, he heard my stuff. And he asked me to, to actually go to the studio with him, which I did. And from then, you know, we kind of, re- we had a good relationship. And because his band was traveling and singing, they were like, no, come through, like, the least you can do is learn um, stage technique and um the most you can do is really uh learn from the greats in the specific industry and so i managed through that experience with i think the name of the band was called therefore yeah through that experience i managed to sing for people who i'd never dreamt i could sing for and this is above and beyond me actually working i was working at that time Oh. so i, I just you know, dedicated all my weekends to gigging and learning and we actually performed at the sa hip-hop awards um which is really wow. big for me at the time um and got a few a few spaces you know it was really great and i mean like i said like rj benjamin is one of the most i don't know like he's so beautiful in terms of harmony he's so great when it comes to discipline and it was such a great space for me to just learn and just figure myself out Clint Brink welcomed me with open arms and his voice is angelic and magical and he always used to say like don't give up on yourself you know MXO also like taught me how to be crazy and uninhibited on stage because his music is it's like, you don't yeah. know what's going to come out of his vocals, you know? So they didn't know that I was learning so much from them. I was in the backpack, you know? Yeah. So that's how all of that kind of happened. And, and I, I don't even know if they would even remember me at this point, but I, I, I would really hope, I would really want them to just know that indirectly, you know, they they really taught me a lot about stage, a lot about hunger a lot about all the things that you know make up a good musician
1: yeah
0: yeah and you've once said uh that music plays a big part of your happiness is that still a thing or even right now especially with this new ep with this new album <laughs> yeah
2: not to call it anymore because people are saying it's an album i'm saying it's a project
1: it's an EP.
2: <laughs> you call it what you want to call it <laughs> yeah um music is my best friend, bruh I don't want to lie to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a loner. I'm I'm two people. I'm very social. I have a lot of friends and I love them and family. But when I get home, my favorite thing to do is listen to soul, like old school soul. Yeah. Or R and B um, all all kinds of music. Actually, if I'm if I'm being honest, so also I love hip hop as well. Um, yes, music makes me happy. Music makes me happy. Singing makes me. Ecstatic. Yeah. Um, singing brings me joy. Music makes me happy. Um, and I know it sounds cliche, you know. And I know you know a lot of artists say that, but it's my best friend. It's it's where I get advice. It's where I get to cry. It's where I get to sleep. I sleep better with music on. Mm. I I feel better when music's on. I'm a better person. I'm a kinder person and I'm listening mm. to a song I like. Like so, it does influence me in those ways. I don't think anything else can influence me in that way.
0: Yeah, there's a saying, right, that in the music entertainment industry as a whole, yeah, is a young man woman's game. You released Ngoku as a sort of an ode to your twenties, a goodbye anthem to your twenties. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, speak to me uh, more about that.
2: Um, I. I've always wanted to release an album and there's been a lot of endeavours for me to do that, right? And a lot of them have failed. Yeah. Um, 22 I tried. I released two singles, It Goes Without Saying and Yankaza. Yeah. Um, But looking back, I realised that all of the things that didn't work out, it was because that didn't work out because I didn't know what I was saying. I didn't know what I was talking about. I was (laughs) singing the sound good, you know, and Hmm. And I knew, like, if I was going to really like delve into music, I'd have to have some sort of experience of life.
1: Yeah,
2: I'd have to have something to say. I'd have to, you know, respond back to my experiences. So it gave. So 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 from those experience, from that, you know, experience, I I decided to sit sit back as a writer. I, I decided to sit back and evaluate how I was feeling. Um, what, what was making me unhappy? What was making me happy at the time? And so I knew that I needed those experiences for ngoku, and I didn't even know it was ngoku at the time. You know, I I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew that it had to be real. It had to be my story. It couldn't be fake on any level. Yeah. Um, because again, like it's it's gonna stay out once it's out and I don't want to ever look back and regret anything you know so I get it it is a young man's game I think music in general is a young man's game and I did I did do the due diligence of being young and doing that but I knew it didn't have substance for me I mean I I couldn't write better you know I couldn't think better because I didn't have the experiences
1: Mm.
2: I didn't have that much heartbreak in my life I didn't have I didn't live you know i hadn't grown into a woman who has opinions you yeah. know i didn't read it i didn't explore enough i didn't travel enough and there's never enough right but there's just at least something that you can say okay i'm contributing this because of the of how i'm feeling and i i, I knew that was going to be important yeah. so ngoku is an ode to my 20s it came out on my year in this year for a reason you know yeah. It came out when I was done with that viewer. That viewer no longer exists. Yeah.
1: Um she that only exists on lot. those bars.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm no longer that heartbroken. I'm no longer trying to be brave and, you know, yeah. in a relationship but not care. I yeah. care now. <laughs> you know? Um there were parts of me at 20 that didn't there were parts of me at 20 that did there were parts of me at 20 that were asking what's love like I don't get it there were parts of me at 20 where I wanted to go home Mm -hmm. you know I I just hated that I couldn't figure it out you know there were parts of me that were ready there were parts of me that weren't And and that reflection happened as organically as it did and i'm happy about that you know i think the next album is going to be it's going to be wild because now i kind of understand what needs what it needs from me and i am not just this you know creative sitting in a room trying to figure out things i'm living my life <laughs> yeah you know i'm i'm noticing things about life i'm opening my mind to different thoughts and different theories and ideologies and singers yeah. and those are the things that are informing me and I'd rather be informed by that
0: yeah and you spoke yeah. about the next album you know there's a saying that you have your whole life to make your David album and you have a year to make your second <laughs> you know so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it took
2: like 10 years to do Goku so I get you <laughs>
1: yeah yeah you said you me but it's too
2: you got me crying over two strokes. Two
1: strokes. Hey, you you. You came
0: over for two. Was two strokes a symbol of your rebellion from your quiet, calm, and pretty face mindset in your life? because my brother i was listening to two strokes and she was like You're dad she really went in <laughs> you know
2: man i think yes yes um i was so afraid to write two strokes even in studio they were like no go there go there and i was like no they're gonna think i'm a crazy girl they were like no yes. girls go through this right yes i think i grew up and i was told all you have to be is quiet and pretty and obedient, and submit and, and submit, and a guy is going to love you. And that's just how it works, you know? And, you know, I tried that, and damn, that sucked, because mm-hmm. I
1: found myself,
2: yeah, it's not, like, I, I found myself, like, in someone else's body. You know, I couldn't even feel like a woman. I couldn't say anything back. You mean, all I have to do is be pretty? that's boring to me that has no energy that like you have so many pretty girls like why don't you just go there so two strokes is really like even with you know drifting if you think of the video
1: yeah
2: of drifting I'm smoking and I'm drinking on live on camera like for a girl (laughs) in (laughs) down. like like people are like we didn't know you smoked that's the first thing they said to me um we didn't know you drank hard liquor you know and I was like that's what you got from that you didn't even see that whole storyline of somebody who is pretty much you on any day as a woman you know for a fact if you've been like ghosted you're gonna like find your vice you know and you're gonna try and and i'm not saying it's a good thing i'm just saying it's real yeah and i don't smoke in real life you know i do drink but i don't smoke but i knew that that character needed to look almost like she needed to be, I, I, you know who I saw? I saw Nina Simone. Yeah.
1: You <laughs> and I saw a rawness.
2: Yeah, I saw a rawness that needed to come out because that song is so true. It's such a true song in my life that I needed to make sure that people knew I was in the ghetto. I was in the gutter um, yes. during that time. And so Two Strokes, I've had that experience, you know, and I know a lot of women have. Mm. And... <laughs> I know a lot of artists who have you know sang about that if you think of one minute man by missy elliott yeah or just a number of artists who have gone there to say you know what like you gotta come correct because this looks great but i'm not satisfied and it's and definitely. we're allowed to say that. we should say that we yeah. should <laughs> you know talk to our partners and say we need more effort man it's not you so that you can't It's that you're lazy and oh, yeah. i don't want a lazy guy you know yeah, i want you to think tired of people. yourself mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah on both sides
2: like, of yourself. on both sides
0: exactly yeah.
2: and even me yes even me and, and i mean men always sing about women and how lazy yeah. they are
0: or okay, yeah, they rap right. about <laughs> you're right you know
2: so it's not you know so, so it's not it's not necessarily like a, a diss track i'm not yeah. dissing you guys i'm saying that exists. That reality exists, and the more we keep quiet and act like we don't, we don't deserve pleasure as women. I mean, even rapture speaks about yeah. pleasure. Pleasure is so important to your well-being as a human being, and yeah. we need to fight for it. And 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 that's what that song was. But also, yes, definitely rebellious song. Yeah. Um, excited now because I'm I'm sort of shooting the video soon, and it's gonna shock a lot of people as well. But wow. I think that's
1: that's important.
2: That. That's important. It's important for me to to bring life into like our daily experiences because we, we, you know what I mean. Like, there's so many things we can sing about in relationships. It doesn't always have to be like he hurt me or she. It's like "Mm, no, actually, two strokes. Yeah. Like, please, you know what I mean. There's so many ways which we can approach things. So I also wanted to showcase that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So drifting is a true life story one where the relationship was on the brink of collapse and decisions had to be made decisions are something that you really struggle with eh?
2: absolutely Mm. um i mean uh you know when you when you when you kind of know a lot and and i'm not saying i know a lot because i think i know nothing to be honest To be honest, like, I know nothing. There's so much to know. But when you know a lot about yourself, like, you know, there's this part, I'm a Gemini. So there's two parts of me that are always, like, fighting. The one is very logical and she can write it down and she gets me. She's like, okay, so if you go this way, it's going to be like this. This is guaranteed. Like, this is what the stats say. Yeah. But then there's this empathetic side of me, this side, (laughs) who's like, but you're human. Like you're gonna make mistakes like forgive yourself move on forgive the next person yeah. you know um life is short like if this makes you happy stay you know give people give people chances try and so these two like these two voices are always like in my head fighting for space
1: yeah.
2: and that really makes it hard for me to leave or make a decision like abruptly because i can actually on some level are you for both and be like actually on paper you're not a great guy on paper you don't call on mm. paper I see you once a year on paper you are cheating on me with five girls but on the other end I'm like but you're like you're in your 20s
1: <laughs> mm.
2: like you're a kid like you should be living your best life right now Yeah. Um, but when I'm with you you show me love and I feel good about that and um I know your whole history and i know that you're a good guy you know and there's something to be said about that and so like when are you gonna leave when you can actually like yeah you know, you know have compassion and still have logic about the situation but i think once i learned boundaries once i learned like or, or, like future like view what does future viewer want yeah. i had to make a decision i have to make decisions you know i have to like sit down and be like Okay, pros and cons, this works for me, this doesn't work for me And I'm going this direction No matter what this other voice is saying So, yes, drifting is a true life experience But it was a decision-making experience too So it was very, it's a very, like, important song for me Because I actually stood up and I was like Man, you uh, you can't make up another argument Or in your head about how you're feeling Like how hurt you are how sad this actually is. How The fact that you're sad 100% of the time should count for something. Yeah. You know, whether or not you see the goodness in this guy. Like, whether or not you see the goodness or the future or you don't. Like, right now, sis, this is not it, you know. And so so I had to make a decision. But yeah, that's basically how my mind kind of works.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying this, by the way. This is a dope...
2: Same, same. Great <laughs> <For> <laughs> okay. questions... You've done your research, damn.
0: <laughs> um so at the at that point of drifting, was it the same stage in lockdown where you were alone, isolated? Had you already left the relationship?
2: Yes. I went into lockdown with the breakup, like leading me into it. And I had like no real outlet yet until i got the beat and when i got the beat and i remember like i wrote drifting in a day um yeah we recorded for longer but we 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 got the idea and i remember yeah. like being in studio and, teacher, um, and that's how i was really feeling you know i was i was i had no foundation or floor like i just felt like i was in the middle of like heartbreak Yeah. and And we did uh, I remember just us chanting J Drift in a way, at the studio with with all the guys and they were like, You gotta finish this. And I got home and I poured myself a glass of wine and I wrote that whole song because I had I had just like I had just come out of it and I needed an outlet and there was no one to go to because we were in isolation. Yeah. So I was forced to be honest and I was forced to be creative and I was forced to really pull from the history I had with that person you know and yeah so so the relationship had just ended and then we went into, into isolation
0: yeah so verb is based on your love for clear communication what would Tata be linked to from some of your love languages
1: <gasps> Tata
0: <laughs> it's my second That's favorite really by beautiful. the
2: way is it Really?
0: Yeah,
2: like I that. At all this day, you know. Tata, that's, uh, that's yeah. dope. Um Tata was also quite a quick song to write. I look quick, but it is one of the first songs I wrote.
0: Yeah.
2: After it was Rapture Tata then Drifting. Um But Tata was like it's physical, obviously my physical touch. Yeah. I didn't want to get into anything like Im- remotely emotional. Yeah. I really did because i just been like depleted. Um and I dated this guy from Drifting for about 10 years, you know? Oh. So it wasn't like I could just, you know, magically fall in love with someone else. I I probably can't fall in love. I couldn't fall in love. I couldn't fall in love at that time.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and so Tata was like, but I still, like, you know, I'm still a human being.
1: Yeah.
2: And, I, and I also, like, I didn't have enough experience dating, right? And I, I, was, I was kind of, like, trying to figure out, like, what's the vibe? like how cool do i need to be
1: yeah (laughs) and
2: tata was born you know um okay i need to be cool i need to say the right things don't be too clingy don't and it's crazy right but it's really like the next step of like moving on is like just cool like i love jasmine sullivan i don't know if you listen to jasmine but there's a song she has
0: have you heard it oh wow
2: like that's my queen (laughs) and so I know that her album Hotels, like, speaks on that when she is singing about, I think it's called Lost One. The song is called Lost One. Yeah. Where she's like, you know when you lost one, a good one, you know when you lost one. And she's like, you go out and F different people, ignore all precautions. And as much as a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, no, you shouldn't do that. And that's not what I did, right? Yeah, But (laughs) I got it because she's saying like, you just don't care about, you don't care about feelings after that you don't care about the stories you don't gotta lie to me you don't gotta say you're the girl of my dreams you don't have to say that like it's not it's, about that right now
1: oh, okay. there's
2: just gotta <laughs> but be upfront. Yeah, you gotta be up front but the interesting thing about that Drew is Yazzie I realized it wasn't for me like like Can I wrote I be- that song but that's the least song that's like that's about me because
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> like I can't. I'm so emotional. I was still yeah. a crazy emotional person. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't switch to relate. I, I wanted to be that girl. I want, like, I still do on a lot of levels. I'm just like, I want to be like a bad bitch. You know, I want to just be like, yeah, that's what I did. But yo, <laughs> no <laughs> ways. I am, I am, you know, I am interested in feeling something when I get into a relationship. I think I can't do it without. <laughs> so yeah, that's where Life. Tata came from.
0: Like, I actually really look because that's kind of like something I've been going through like the last two years because like, yeah. I had um, I had F by this, right? For like, I think the last two years, yeah. after like my last long relationship, I was like you know what, I am not going to go through a relationship right now because like I'm yeah. still young, so let me have fun. And then I had the fun but it. yeah, it's not worth it. It's nice but it's not worth it. <laughs> it is just like,
2: and you can't like uh you can't plan who you're not gonna like like Mm. it's like even if you do try like two weeks later you're like freak i've caught feelings (laughs) what's wrong with me you know and like that up and down it can be so gruesome for somebody who who like is sensitive you know so i can
0: imagine
1: Yeah. yeah
0: so in regards to what's love which is my favorite by the way um is what you are speaking of in the song and in other songs in the album born from, as previously mentioned, your need for validation to be accepted socially and romantically?
2: I wouldn't say it's that's the validation song. I think if I would choose a song that I wanted validation for, it's probably Ngoku. Because yeah. Ngoku is... Goku is like the slap in your face. It's like, yo, you're gonna have to listen to me and whether you like it or not. But I really want you to listen to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. So there's that. But I think with what's love, it was really I was I was I was um speaking to Lincoln because I wrote, I co-wrote it with Lincoln and we were both going through the same thing with the exes where you know yes I had broken up with this person, but they were still like wanting to be in my life yeah and from a loving perspective i was like yeah okay like i can't hate him like i'm not mad um i'm sad that it, it ended but i can't hate him but is it love i don't think it's love oh, yeah. i don't think i love you you know i think but then I, I thought like what is it then like what how does it how is it gonna feel when it does <laughs> come but i was also okay with this being curious about it you know i was okay with just Finding like a new language around it, and what's love is really finding a new language, and that's why it's like question based. Like, it's like you know, um, like what's that second line? Um, if you've been in love for a minute, for a minute, tell, minute. Me, tell what's me
0: what's the a secret. <laughs> like that line is so crazy. Like <laughs>
2: you know, you it's know like- what I mean? Like tell me something because I I clearly don't know.
0: You know, like you know, our and- country. Sorry, I, in our country, it's like everything comes in more connection, you know. It's like you're going around asking, hey, um, what's the secret? How did you get this? You know? <laughs> yeah.
2: So it's it's really it's really naivety. And I always want to be naive when it comes to love because I think it grows and it changes and yeah. you grow and you change. But I always want to figure out like what makes people stay in relationships because also the relationships that I was hearing about, from friends and sisters and guy friends I was like what are you doing in this relationship that does not serve you you know um but you're still in it and then that, and that's unconditional love and and a lot of people would have said that about me too previously you know so we're all like sort of we're all sort of like like in this place where we think it's love it it sounds like love but is it like is it And should it be like, are we old enough to be talking this way? Should we allow for people to just show who they are first before we get into love? I think love, even the word. And I I, I mean, I think it's overused and I think it's abused. And I think Mm. we're no longer like looking at it as um, sacred. We're looking at it as um, free to give. And yes, it is. But I also think from a romantic perspective, like we need to take our time before We figure out whether or not we love somebody and we want to be with them. And that's what that song is. It's just saying, I've got a lot of questioning to still do and I will do it. I won't stop doing it because it allows me to develop myself enough to meet somebody who's on that same level and maybe then I can love them.
0: Yeah, and it's a great performance song too. You know, it really gets the crowd hyper. Definitely. I remember that night when I was at... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yo! It was crazy that night. Yeah, it was really crazy. People yeah. love
2: that song. They request yeah. that song. It's crazy. Mm. I'm like, nah. I got a whole set. Can you
0: just yeah. wait for what's love? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what I'm taking from from the album uh, is that you tend to find yourself having too much faith in a person and jump into too deep into the relationship. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely.
2: And I want have faith in me too um you know faith is a song that it was meant for the people who fully like really wanted to be with me like there were guys at that point who had great intentions yeah and because of the heartbreak i had been in and because of the exhilaration of like the music i was making i just knew that i couldn't give them my all Mm. but i really needed them to see that to see that it's not that you're not a great guy or you don't have anything great to offer. But I really need you to see that right now, I really just want to make, I want to be an artist and I don't need any distractions. So have faith in that, in the fact that, you know, maybe one day you'll figure it out. Yeah. But she needs to figure herself out first. So I really need you not to change. I really need you to just stay with me on this horse because you don't want to a viewer whose 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 mind and heart is elsewhere and my mind and heart is in music now it's it, it is in making this dream a reality yeah so relationship and getting into them is a hard 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 conversation like you have to understand my lifestyle you have to understand what i bring to the table you have to understand that i won't always be there i'll choose studio over you yeah i'll choose performing over a day of netflix and chill any day yeah but i really want you to have faith in me you know because you still love me and i see the love and i see it and i and i have faith in you too that's what that song was really about you know and jump in oh jump in is such a, a fun song i wanted a love song i wanted a good song yeah
1: uh
2: but i wanted it to be really like different i wanted it i didn't want it to sound like a love song i wanted it to to have uh, a different, like, viewway, like an almost, almost sci-fi viewway that just kind of sits on,
1: <laughs> yeah, a, uh,
2: you know, this magical world where I fall in love, you know, and I, I borrowed a lot of like references from Sting, and I'm sure you can hear a few references from artists that I really like, just yeah. to have that effect. But I also, you know, loved. Draper's verse, I think it was it was really good for that song. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean Jump In is the only song I can say it has a silver lining and is like just close your eyes and be creative and and fall in love, you know. But yo, what a hard song to write. What a hard song yeah. to take out of at that
0: time, you yeah. know. Ever since I've heard Rapture, you know, I've always told people that you have a bit of Beyonce in you. So, like, I wasn't surprised when you said that Beyonce is one of your references. Because, like, there's a part of Rapture, I don't know, um, man, like, you really sound like her. There's, there are parts of Rapture and other songs. I I thought I was the only one who could see it, you know, who could hear it.
1: Yeah.
2: Beyonce, oh my God! Like Beyonce changed a lot of my life. Um, yeah. Because when I was young, I listened to like, Destiny's Child. One of mm. the first albums I bought was Destiny's Child, yeah. and I studied her. I used to sing every song exactly like her. Yeah. Um, because I loved her runs. She could run from like the top to the end. And same with Jasmine Sullivan. Like her runs, I always I'm like, how do I sing like that? And and of course, I think in a lot of ways because of that, the obsession I had, it kind of like resonates in little parts of my performance yeah. when I sing. Um, Beyonce is on every level. And, on, and yeah, on every level, exactly what I think every singer or artist should aspire to be like, not just yeah. from a vocal uh, space, just from like a really being about what you're about. Um, yeah. So i do i do see her as someone that i i definitely took a lot of lessons from and i try my best not to sound like her yeah. but i do get that reference you know yeah. a lot of people are like oh my gosh oh, Beyonce, or,
1: oh, Beyonce,
2: oh, uh, i'm just like no guys please that's, such a, that's the queen okay so but i hear you i hear you there there is reference and i definitely can i can hear it too and yeah. and for me i for me it's not necessarily like trying to be like her it's just really learning that that note can be done this way mm. and i like that and i like this note you know
0: yeah so yeah yeah do you know like the other day uh, i was on youtube and i bumped across the song called w- windek i'm not sure if you know it like it's just such a huge hit in south africa at some point windek 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 yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. It's like oh. <laughs> you know? and like it reminded me of my childhood you know like it reminded me oh, of, the phase of my childhood it. so like which song reminds you of like childhood you know your teenage years actually oh my gosh
2: omarion touch yeah. chris brown the whole of his yeah all of his
1: albums yeah
2: um Oh my gosh, Beyonce, uh, Dangerously in Love. Yeah. Um, Who was I listening to? Who reminds me of high school? Ooh, it's a good question. But definitely, like, I loved Omarion.
1: Yeah. I
2: loved Chris Brown. I loved Asha. Asha was somebody that, I mean, I didn't even know what You Got It Bad was about (laughs) at that age. But I knew, you know, like, the vocals were crazy you got it back i sang too many times for too many boys <laughs> um <laughs> sierra on some level you know i, I really like also i bought the goodies album i really liked goodies goodies the goodies um oh all of those songs kind of made me feel like r&b didn't have to be so slow like she always made me feel like we could dance we could have a good time yeah um yeah those are the artists i mean i, I the crazy thing there that you just asked is that what reminds me of my of of my of my teen years but when I was listening to music when I was younger I was always hoping for the future. like I was it was always for the future so I was you know what I mean so I was listening to like Nina Simone for instance not because it wasn't young you know it wasn't a young expression um Billie Holiday not a young expression yeah um Hill Lauren Hill,
1: yeah,
2: is probably the closest thing to, I, I, I'm gonna end it there. I think Lauren Hill is yeah. my teenagehood. The yeah. MisEducation of Lauren Hill, that whole album,
1: yeah,
2: is my life. Like I know every song on, like I know everything she says on that album. That album is my, is my team. Is my, but there's so many artists. Like it's hard to choose one.
0: Yeah. Like, I've noticed that no matter what stage you are in your career, whether it's just for your David song or after you took your hiatus or even now, like, you've always found yourself um, on the biggest platform, TV, you know. I mean, you've been on the morning live so many times and you've been, you know. Like, talking to um, upcoming R&B artists, like, like what you do to put yourself out there, you know
2: yeah um i mean so the first and first the first thing i'd say is this like make sure the songs are great right because whoever's listening to your songs needs to buy into whatever it is you're selling
1: yeah
2: one um i find that a lot of the people give me interviews they give me the chance to speak because Rapture has become their favorite song. It's the song that they're listening to the whole week. And they're like, I need to speak to this girl. Yeah. Or Drifting is. Or, you know, Tata is. And I think that has everything to do with the fact that I had that experience thing I talked to you about. Yeah. And then it became authentic to people when they listened to it. They were like, oh, actually, like, she thought about this. She didn't yeah. just wake up one day. So I always say, like, invest in your craft. Because your craft will take you anywhere your, t- your craft will take you where you need to go so invest in your craft but more than anything like don't take no for an answer yeah. like find out who is the producer at morning live at Espresso. find out who you need to send the emails and send it every day yeah send it every call them every day um figure out why they're saying no like why why you don't like my music okay sharp. then I can't change it but if you like my music there's no reason why you're gatekeeping my mm-hmm. music you yeah. know, um, except that you don't want me to succeed. And I always challenge journalists because I was a journalist. And I'm like, okay, so you're saying no, but you're not giving me reasons. Is it your editor? Okay, so editor, let me talk to your editor. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, don't say no for an answer. And also remember, like, you are a business. You're not just a singer in this country. You're not signed. So if you're not signed, like, you've got to take yourself like you're your product, trying to sell the product. I never say no to opportunity. It doesn't matter. Like, how many people are going to see it if it's morning live or if it's you know a podcast or if yeah. it's uh they car online which is also a huge platform right like yes. all of those people like all they're doing is taking your product and putting it into a mass space a, a space where mass more people can hear it so you gotta come correct like you can't come here with a song that sounds like you want to be <laughs> someone else yeah. and i think that's one of the big choose why artists don't get booked or get put into i'm not saying it's the only reason yeah. right because you think there's gatekeeping i do yeah. think there's people like favors and you know this person and network yeah. but i also think it's very important that you bang you better bang ma'am mm. you better bang sir and not just because you sound like someone because you sound oh, you remind me of Asha. You remind me of Beyonce. Even you've yeah. got a bag in a way that Africans will relate to you. South African, yeah. don't forget your South African. Don't forget your heritage. Don't forget um, the things that people are absolutely living through every single day. And yes, we have a global culture now. You put yeah. your song out on Spotify. My song's been listened to in different countries, and it's crazy to me. Yes, but I'm singing closer still. Like I'm not gonna go there and sing in a way that they already know. So I think, bang, find out your audience and don't take no for an answer.
0: Yeah. Well put. So you've known Draper for about uh, 10 years now. Um, was he and Lincoln one of the influences for you joining Unmuted?
1: Yes.
2: Um, I had been looking for a home for a long time because before that, I like I said, I had two singles. It goes without saying. in and the person I was working with wasn't necessarily, like, interested in creating a home. Yeah. He was more interested in getting singles out for different artists. And and even when we did try that, it just didn't feel like it was the right time or it was um, well-received in a way. Yeah. So, um, I knew Draper because Draper had a, a whole history. He had a whole group called Maniora. And yeah. they used to perform at, 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 um, at Vitz. And this group was a rap group and they were extremely talented. And I used to always like watch I knew him before that, but I knew that he was in the music industry and I knew how good he was
1: Yeah. because he's
2: a producer and he's a rapper and he's a writer. Um. So I've always had that respect for him from a friend level. And and Lincoln, I didn't know, you know, I never met Lincoln,
1: Yeah.
2: but um, I met him through Draper. And when I met them, like that first day, it was like a test. They were like, okay, here's a beat, right? Let's go. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
2: thank god for like the experiences I've had right of singing live of youtube channels of two songs out like all of that sort of came into that moment and I always say to artists like don't sweat your journey don't sweat your journey like let the process happen because you will need those lessons somewhere and I think they kicked in when we did that they loved it I loved it it was a great relationship and because we had that friendship it still is you know it still is so it's one of my favorite places to be the studio and not just because we make music but because we're friends because mm-hmm. we laugh because we challenge each other's writing because we allow ourselves to be the worst and the best version of ourselves and i like that you know and if i could be an independent artist for a and, and make the money that an artist makes like i would stay there i wouldn't move because those are the kind of conversations that make you write better. Those are the kind of conversations that make make a well-rounded project that says something about you. And they're so talented and they're also learning. It's just a really nice space. So yes, they are the reasons I'm with Unmuted um, and they are the reasons why I'm staying with Unmuted um, yeah. because of the friendship we have and the respect we have and the want that we have for each other to be great because I believe they are great as well.
0: There's yeah. gonna be an unmuted uh, concert uh, later on this year. Also, uh, what date is that yeah. gonna be? Or do you have a date? We haven't
2: finalized the date. No, no, no. We yeah. haven't finalized the date. I think a lot of things that we want to iron out yeah. um, from a branding, brand sponsors uh, perspective. But there is a live show that I'm planning. Yeah. Um, and that's gonna be around Mother's Day, and it's gonna be a Goku Live Experience you'll probably get to know about it a little bit in the next few weeks. Yeah, I'm just figuring it out. So there's quite a few things happening. We've got Sound of the Nation, which is our I'm a Piano leg. We've got Over oh, What a Good Time, which is more of an event. Yeah. Our leg. Uh, we're joining with another group. I, I, I don't want to speak prematurely and there might yeah. be a huge concert in Sun City at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, Anujil is growing in leaps and bounds, you know, and it's, it's exciting to see.
0: Yeah. And to you what do you define as success? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the crazy thing about this is that I watched an interview of yours and I was so sad when they asked the question in that line, you know, in that um in that lane because I all this is like my favorite question to ask. So, <laughs> yeah, what do you define as success?
2: <laughs> you know, like that's funny cuz I didn't know how to respond to that because i was like how do i define success and i and i actively like when when i was recording was like oh my gosh like i'm thinking on my feet and i wish i had said more yeah so i'm happy you are um the ability to do music and survive and not just survive prosper and be successful is very important to me i want to be able to take my it's to school because of my music i want to be able to build home because of my music i want to be able to build business uh and put on young people because of because of my music that's success to me yeah. um and also like really like from a personal perspective like i think being happy in that like being content i want to feel contentment i want to feel like i did the best i could do with what i had and I don't want, I don't always feel like I want something else to validate me. Yeah. I don't know when that like happened, but I feel like happiness is right there. You know, it's right next to this dream of making music like a real lifestyle for yeah. me, but also being happy that it it is the way it is and, and not wanting, being grateful for it, you know staying in the gratitude and not allowing for my ambition to eat away from the experience and the and the feelings of happiness that may exist, you know so that's success, bro What yeah. how would you say is there for
1: you um, for
0: House Success? Oh, for me <laughs> <laughs> my use are crazy, bro like I yeah. want, do, do you remember the time when, hip, like I, I, I used to be a hip hop scholar, you know I did everything, like when it's when it's all about hip-hop, like, I did everything before these new guys came in. Like, I used to, they used to joke about me, about the baggy pants I wore. Like, I only used to shop. <laughs> this is shop, you know, it's, it's just called, um, <laughs> it's called Hip-Hop Connect or whatever. Like, I would, yeah. I, I would refuse clothes, like, for three months, four months. Like, my students would get clothes all the time. And I mean, I would, like, come around, like, save up. And save up, save up. This is what I And then yeah, yeah. we get the money, we go to that shop and buy babes and buy those jeans with an M at the at the back. Like that's how deep I was, you know. So <laughs> like what I want, I want like a revolution, like like how hip hop happened, you know. How at that time hip hop took over, like how right now I'm a piano took over. Like I want to be there, you know, because we're getting me. Like I want to to spur it. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Me, it's more get. it's an like
2: activism and but also just being there for that big that big change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So 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 that's my truths are crazy. <laughs> yeah. No,
2: that's beautiful. And it's gonna happen. It's gonna yeah.
0: happen. Thank you so much. Yeah. So um this is a really crazy interview, A uh, wonderful interview. And uh, I wish you all the best and the Two Strokes music video is coming out when? It, oh, you don't know the date.
2: I'm shooting I should be shooting it soon. Like I'm shooting it hopefully end of this month. So maybe end of April. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that out into the universe. End of April we're gonna see
0: the Two Strokes video. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, um yeah. this was the viewing goku interview and uh I apologize for the light, but then you just into you Thank you so much. Uh and yeah, this is another episode of the breakdown. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank
2: you, Drew. That was amazing, man. That was amazing. Yeah.